death. It is only a transition to a different sphere of consciousness. Carol Ann is not like those she's with. She is a living presence in their spiritual earthbound plane. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Talking to the Dead podcast. Some people, including my wife and many people I've known in my life, think that dead is for the dead and not for the living and you shouldn't be interfering at all and you should keep a clear distance between the living and the dead. Some people say that by communicating with the dead... Um, you're doing something wrong, or maybe um, you're doing something that prevents you from having enough focus on the living. Shouldn't we all be concentrating on the living more than worrying about people who are dead? Well, that's something that has been on my mind most of my life, and as I think I said in the introduction, it was one of the main reasons why I never really got involved in doing anything like this for so much of my life. There was one story that I just quickly want to tell you about, and that's when I was in my 20s. And I knew that I I needed to do something connected to the spirit world. I even joined the British Spiritualist Association of Great Britain, and I saw a number of these so-called demonstrations where these lovely mediums would stand on the stage and they would go from person to person and say that they had a message for them. And they would give what seemed to be remarkably accurate um, descriptions of the person who they had managed to channel in their psychic way. And they would point out to the people in the audience who this message was for. And sometimes these messages were really very touching uh, and, and emotional. And they were very reassuring, I'm sure, to some of the people to hear that their relatives were fine or had forgiven them or any number of things. I do remember very distinctly, because I used to go quite often, how this medium came and said to a man sitting right next to me, and I thought this chap also looked pretty dark and pretty depressed, but the medium went straight to that person and just said very frankly that um, he, she knows what he's thinking, she knows what he's done, and she begs him not to carry on this dark road, down this dark road that he's going, and things like that. And, and, and this guy didn't move. He kind of completely understood what was being said to him. And she didn't even wait for any feedback from him. She just sort of passed on how the spirit world is very concerned about the routes that he's taken, which are clearly um, almost, I suppose, evil in some way, but very negative. I remember that very well. So it wasn't all just... Let's talk to my dead parents or uh, sort of get, a, get sort of a life reading as to what you may do in your future. It was also, um, yeah, observing the people there and perhaps getting some sort of warning from the spirit world. So maybe that is some reason to, to counteract people who say you shouldn't be involved with the people in the spirit world and concentrate on life because in a way the message I've always had is that the people who have passed on very often do have positive messages to convey to people still alive 
and can help them understand their lives a little bit better and make them feel better. And also, I think it's very much the part of the existence that we all have is that nobody has actually died. Everyone who's ever lived is still around in some form or other in some form of personality, some form of consciousness. And to to say that you shouldn't talk to the dead is really rather nonsense. It's a bit like saying you shouldn't talk to your living relatives. I'm not saying that everyone can or wants to speak to these people who are passed on. But I think if you have a gift um, and you feel that you can do it, I don't see there's a problem with it. And for me, as I've said in my introduction, I'm doing this for one hour a week. And it's a great blessing to me to do it. I'm very happy to do it. Um, and no more. Now, why I stopped back in the 80s was because um, I had a friend and she came into my room and we were talking about spiritual stuff and I told her that I'd attended the Spiritualist Association and she was really very interested in um, this ability I seem to have had called psychometry where I could hold on to a particular object and after a bit of concentration um, channel various impressions and feelings that I got from that object and I did it with a ring that she was wearing. I had absolutely no idea what this ring was. And she just uh, sat there quietly, didn't say anything. And I just, over the course, of, I suppose, of 10 minutes, told her all the various things, just almost like a stream of consciousness that were coming into my mind. And it was all about um, a lady who was um, apparently wearing this ring, but would, would take this ring off when she was doing, uh, making pastry and rolling it on a pastry board. And I could see that, I could feel that. I could also feel this lady often would make her pastry facing a beautiful window in this cottage she lived in with a lovely view, a beautiful view. Um, but then also, rather sadly, towards the end of it, I realized that this lady had died and she, this ring had belonged to her. And she hadn't died just in a normal heart attack sort of way, but in a slightly more extreme way where um, it was a tremendous amount of pain. I wasn't trained to give this sort of information and to think particularly um, subtly about what to say. I just came straight out, and, straight out and said what was in my mind. And I remember by the time I finished, um, Susanna, by name, was in floods of tears and totally shocked at everything that I'd said. And it seemed that a good percentage of what I said completely related to her aunt who owned this ring, who did love baking and did love uh, rolling her pastry in front of this window and facing this beautiful view and did take her ring off when she was doing it and did die of a heart attack uh, kind of on the spot at that one point. But it wasn't just a heart attack. It was like a, a valve apparently had exploded in her heart and um, probably would have caused a tremendous pain. But I was so shocked as well. That really was kind of the end for me. I decided seeing her reaction and also the fact that she slowly started moving away from me because I suppose she was scared about what she'd heard and then probably scared at the, the thought of there being the possibility of a spirit life. Um, yeah, she basically slowly receded into the, into the distance. Uh, this has happened two or three times over my life when I've done this, uh, and it's never ended terribly positively. But the reason I've decided to do it again now, and I'll do it again today, is because I have a feeling that it's important to do it. As I said, I limit myself to one hour a week. Uh, I'm not interested in taking money or doing anything that would in some way compromise what I'm doing. 
I'm very happy to do what I do just for the education of everyone and myself. And so that really leads me to what's going to happen today. As you'll notice at the bottom of the the podcast, I put an email address. It was talkingtothedead.gmx.de. And I put that down a few weeks ago, in fact, more than a few weeks ago, because I had the feeling and my spirit guide Titan had assured me that people would contact me in time. And that was perhaps, in a way, part of the destiny of this this podcast. And it was to allow people who enjoyed the podcast to perhaps ask me some questions and maybe even ask me to help them um, contact the spirit world on their behalf. And I knew it would come at one point, but suddenly out of the blue a few days ago, um, I got an email from a, a chap called Brian, he says, and he asked two questions. And he said, apart from really nice things about the podcast and how he loved it, he wanted to know if I could make contact with his parents, who've clearly passed, Marion and Larry. But also what struck me and immediately had a, had a, I got feelings about it was if I could contact Jeff, who his, was his nephew, um, who apparently committed suicide in 2000. Um, and I think Brian is was greatly distressed that Jeff was in such a situation that he committed suicide and never spoke to Brian about it or you know explained his feelings prior to it I suppose in a feeling that could he have helped him if he'd known about it up front so uh, I said to uh, well I wrote back to Brian I said I'd be very happy to but absolutely no promises, because I haven't done this for a long time. Um, But hey, that's the nature of this podcast. It's talking to the dead. So I will just uh, quickly stop. uh, And when you hear me next, I will have done a few things that will help me concentrate my mind and see if we can't um, ask Marion and Larry and maybe Jeff to come by and talk. Okay, so um, I'd like to ask if Marion or Larry, or Jeff indeed, um, would like to come through and say anything to Brian. Um, I, I am aware that um, Brian, he wrote to me that Marion and Larry, his parents, had lots of rather fun Christmas traditions, and I think he probably misses those, and was interested in probably reminding his parents how much it meant to him. Okay, so most definitely I have various feelings here, and I can't say for sure that it relates to um, to Larry or Marion or, or indeed to to Jeff. The name Kevin has been coming through, um, and actually that name came to me yesterday when I first read the email. Um, and I have a feeling um, I see a train. I don't know why trains are important in this, and I saw... Um, certainly sitting in a train and certainly looking out of the train and seeing the passing um, countryside, which was covered in, in fir, fir, fir trees and snow. And I certainly, yes, got a very Christmassy feeling about that. But it was, it was almost as important as to point out that this may have been some sort of regular thing to take a journey. Um, and the journey seems to have been quite important. So also I'm getting an impression of cars, but, all, but very much more of a special car, almost like some form of vintage car or a sports car, something that was 
very important to this person and they particularly love this car. Um, and I really don't know why I would be getting that feeling, but again, uh, it seems to be quite important. I'm also getting the the message through, um, and it's a sort of a general feeling, and that's probably because it's sort of it's sort of answering a bit my preamble to the the podcast, which is um, how are people? How are uh, Marion and and Larry? How are they supposed to react? as the dead parents in in the spirit world because the message is coming to me um, that something very interesting that yes of course there is a, a Marion and a Larry who are Brian's parents in the spirit world but they are so much more and we've heard this before than just Marion and Larry they are personalities they are consciousness that have obviously had many many lives but the, the message is quite interesting and this probably answers a question about how do we communicate with dead relatives or dead friends. And that's because we are the ones who have the energy that and the memories and, and everything connected to people who have passed on. Not so much them. Um, I'm being told that, you know, they've moved on um, into whatever realms that they're in and whatever things they're doing. Um, but we haven't in that respect because we're still in our earth plane and it's very easy for us to feel very connected to that. However, in a way, it's a, it's a bit wrong for us to assume, um, for instance, that, that Marin and Larry are just somehow there waiting for us to communicate and just carrying on as Marin and Larry, because they're not. What they can do is, is come into that consciousness of Marin and Larry and communicate to you, Brian, um, and they will always be communicating because you are so com- so uh, connected. Um, that that connection really never broke. The only thing that broke was the physical uh, body connection with you. But the psychic connection is always there. And so, in a way, I'm being I'm being told that there is no feeling that you know you need to know how they are or what's going on because, in a way, you already know what's going on and how they feel. It's a continuous backwards and forwards of information and consciousness that never leaves um, and if you particularly ask me to um, to ask some direct questions to Marion and Larry um, it's really just a continuation of a conversation that you'd have with them in their normal life um, and things will probably be very similar there would be no question of them saying that uh, you know they are still Marion and Larry um, you know, doing the same old things they did when they were alive, um, but they will have connections to you and they will have connections and, and observations about your life that they know about because they know everything that's happened and they will know everything that will happen. Uh, that's an interesting observation, I think. Um, having quite strong impressions of shoes, um, snowshoes almost, it's, again, it, I don't know if it's related to uh, your parents, Brian, but most definitely these this couple, and, and I think particularly um, Larry, if it is Larry, um, he certainly enjoys, um, I think it's skiing, actually. Um, he enjoys skiing, or he, he certainly has snowshoes on and enjoys walking in the snow, um, have a feeling that he loves going away and maybe celebrating Christmas in a, in a snowy environment. Um, it's almost a bit like Canada or somewhere very, um, very rural and very beautiful. And I think it's yes, it's it's the beauty of this. It's the, it's getting away into nature. 
it seems to be very important for this person to emphasize that the most wonderful experience that he had was either getting in a car or taking a train or going on a journey, maybe at this time of year, and trying to enjoy nature. And he loved taking his family with him in order for them to enjoy this time of year and the beauties of nature. So maybe just to try to make this a little bit more personal, could I um, ask, is there anybody by name and what is your name who would like to come through and talk to me now? Well, again, I'm not sure who this is. Um, it could well be Marion and Larry, but I'm getting an impression that um, teaching is very important, almost like the school teachers. Um, I don't know if that means anything, but that seems to be coming through. And I think, um, from what I understand, this person or the people he knew were very involved in education and very much enjoyed that as a career, I believe, but also um, had, had a lot of interesting things to say about teaching people and learning about things. And I think that may have been important for them to, embark, to, 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 to give that knowledge uh, to their children. Yes, and I, I, I got see, the very strong impression of a church choir and singing, um, but particularly almost a choir, being a little bit more involved than just going to church and singing. Um, and I felt the people talking through me now uh, wanted to emphasize that, just to give that indication that um, they very much enjoyed singing with the community. Um, the entities communicating with me are showing me paintings and paintings, so I've got a feeling that uh, whoever this is was, was very interested in painting um, and left a, a number of paintings behind for the family when they passed um, and would particularly like doing paintings of outdoor scenes. Oh, and apparently also like doing paintings of, of a dog. This dog must have been important to them, I think, and they love doing paintings of the dog. So yes, I'm, I'm just getting a strong impression that um, these are, seem to be very nice memories and, and very happy. And that, that's all I can really say. I, I think, um, again, it's being said to me very much that you know, all I can really do is convey um, the connection between you and between your parents, if it is indeed your parents, and the continuation of that love, that continuation of those memories, um, that will stay with you and stay with them. Um, but they obviously cannot continue beyond death because they're not who they were in life. So, um, But they will always share that with you. Um, and indeed, they shared it with you before in previous lives. And they shared this life that they had and the plans for that life with you. And they would always be there with you. That's the important message. They're always there with you. And you're always in contact with everything that is their consciousness. Uh, as, a, as a final thought that's coming through is also climbing. I get the sense of climbing. Maybe this is also where the shoes come from. There's just not only the walking through, um, through snow, but walking generally and the shoes and climbing. Uh, maybe mountain climbing. I'm, I'm being shown, again, this, uh, the, this beautiful snowy environment. Uh, and I'm, I'm being given this sense of tremendous enjoyment uh, climbing or rambling around hills, um, having picnics, um, having a drink as well, um, and enjoying doing all those things with the family. 
So if we leave that aside for, for a while, I think what is of particular interest to me is if we can't get hold of Jeff. And Jeff, as I said, is Brian's nephew, um, who rather tragically committed suicide at a very young age. I think he was 17. Um, and this was in the year 2000. So I'd like to ask um, if Jeff is around and if Jeff would like to talk to Brian and, and tell us anything about your feelings and, and what's going on now and, and what led to your suicide and any messages that you have for Brian or indeed his family. I have this Kevin coming through again. And I have a feeling, and this is a very strong feeling, and I don't know if it's anything to do with Jeff, but it's almost like a twin, like he had a twin brother or a very close friend. And um, I feel that um, maybe also there was, a, there was another person involved in um, the death of, of Jeff. Um, I'm getting the, the impression that this person helped almost facilitate the death and it was either helped facilitate it physically or was the reason why um, maybe Jeff, if this is Jeff, felt the desire to end his life. Um, I had a very strong feeling that there was some glass around, uh, maybe a sharp object, maybe a glass was somehow, glass was somehow involved in what happened to this person I'm talking to. Um, would you like to tell me your name or tell me a little bit more about yourself or maybe how you died? I had a really strong feeling just when I had switched off the, the microphone. And again, I can't say honestly that this would be Jeff contacting me. But I did have a sense of education again and teaching and learning and maybe university or school. And if there was a problem, I sensed that it was because of school. And I had a sense that um, this person I'm communicating with was having terrible problems with his education in school um, and just couldn't, couldn't get up to the grade and was so disappointed in himself and felt that he was somehow a letdown to everyone around him. I have a, also an impression, he, I think he's giving me this impression that his parents were, were very successful. I think, from what I'm saying, they were, they were in the medical profession or doctors, and I think he's giving me the impressions that there was tremendous expectation on him to, to be as good as them and to be really successful in his career. But for whatever reason, um, he felt that he couldn't do that. But it's not uh, the only reason why he may choose to, to end his life. I feel also, as I said, there's a second person involved. Uh, again, I'm not too sure. Um, it's, a, it's a strange feeling. Uh, and I'll be very honest, what's coming through to my mind is that maybe this, maybe this Kevin person was a lover or maybe a, a gay lover. And I'm having a feeling that maybe um, if it is Jeff... There was a tr also a, a tremendous sense of shame that perhaps he was gay uh, uh, or something like that, maybe gay or he had some other um, area of his life that was a tremendous secret that he kept to himself and he didn't dare tell others or tell his parents. And maybe that would be answering the question with you, Brian, 
Perhaps he was so ashamed of something like that that he felt that he couldn't tell anyone, um, and, and even those close relatives to him. I think a tremendous feeling coming through again from this, this entity is that um, he had some problems with his stomach. Uh, and as I'm saying it now, I feel that in my stomach. I feel um, like there was something really really medically wrong. Uh, and he was very maybe very anxious and always had a very anxious stomach, was a very, um, very nervous person, um, was, was often sick with worry and stress. Um, and I think maybe this would have contributed to his frame of mind. I have a sense uh, that this person also had a rather unusual sport that he did quite enjoy. Um, and actually, I think it was caving. I have this tremendous sense of somebody going down into tunnels or caving under mountains. Um, and uh, a tremendous sense of solace, a bit solitude and enjoyment at being on, on his own or her own. Um, and... Yeah, I just feel that this person, whoever it was, felt very alone and um, was a bit of a loner. Um, and yeah, maybe contributing to all of that, they felt somehow unable to communicate with people. I'm also getting a, a strong uh, sense of almost like acid reflux from the stomach. Um, again, I don't know if this person was, was very sick um, but I'm getting this sense of vomiting and being very sick, um, almost maybe from taking something, maybe uh, some liquid or something that made him sick uh, or her sick. Um, but I'm getting that impression that it's it's been given to me that this was an important thing in, in this person's history. There is, there is a sense, and this is a sense of regret coming from this person also, of, there's a sense of jealousy and envy. Um, of maybe relatives or, or maybe siblings. Um, and I think what I'm being told is that this was a very strong feeling as well, um, which caused a lot of distress in the family. Um, I'm also getting um, a tremendous sense of water, of, of, of water, but water sports like water skiing uh, or boating. That's very strong in this person's life. It may even just be swimming. But it's certainly some sort of activity uh, that included water, um, which seemed to be very important here. Maybe this idea of choking or being sick, maybe it's related to be, maybe even drowning, I feel like saying. But there was definitely some sense of uh, water involved. So, um, yeah, there we go. I think um, some very strong impressions. Um, I hope it's not too disappointing for you, Brian. I, I have no idea when it, whether any of this relates to you or not. I'd uh, love to hear if you would send me an email and let me know if, uh, if there was anything there that was at all meaningful to you. Um, and if not, maybe somebody else was listening and it means something to them. Um, but that really is, I think, uh, all I'm going to get. Although um, I have a feeling that um, it's very important to mention something again um, about suicide and what suicide involves in terms of the spirit world. I, it's, um, I think, my, my guardian angel popping in again, Titan, and he, she, whatever you want to say, I, I don't think um, gender roles mean an awful lot in the spirit world. Um, I think she wants me to say now um, 
to maybe to reiterate something that she said before, or I felt before, is that suicide is um, a rather unusual state in terms of the psychic world and, and leaving, leaving your life before um, you were supposed to leave it, before the life that ended the way that you had almost planned it to be, is a difficulty. Um, and that's because, um, yes, as a human, we have free will and we're able to do what we like with our life. Um, but the suicide itself of taking a life has such tremendous um, problematic implications to those around you. And I suppose in that respect, that would be for Brian and his family, because there's so many unanswered questions. And it's, uh, it's almost cruel in a way, because the people who are left behind um, have a very distorted view as to the reasons why this person would have done what he did. The person who did it, um, yes, might, might well have planned it in some way. Maybe that was part of their plan, was to, um, to live life up to a certain point. Um, and uh, maybe they felt that suicide was the best way to end it and move on to the next. I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm very nervous about uh, this. I'm very nervous about suicide. I, I know that... Um, Various psychic mediums have got involved in this, and I'm not terribly sure this is something we should get involved in because, yes, although we do have a free will and we can do what we like with our bodies, it doesn't just therefore necessarily mean we should, uh, and we shouldn't. We we should we should think it like it's a it's a way out. I mean, Titan is saying to me now that in a way that's such a fallacy. In fact, uh, she's saying it's almost a laugh because there is no way out. Uh, there's no reason to think of a way out. Um, everything is part of existence. Everything is the way we have chosen it to be. And um, if, you, if you're choosing to take your life now and you're doing it through your choice, um, in, in some respects, um, if you've done it before, you've lived the life that you planned, um, what's going to happen to you is that you're going to retire to a place in a certain dimension with people who are going to assist you to help you to understand the choices you made and prepare you in a way to go back and redo the life and overcome the issues that you were here to be strong enough to combat and make sure you finish the life that you had abruptly stopped. I think I had that impression before that there was this wonderful place where perhaps people are willing to help you, almost like a hospital, where they will help you understand your feelings and help you to overcome them in order to be able to turn you right back around, almost like a, like a return ticket, back to where you were and the circumstances that you faced, but perhaps with a renewed sense that you can deal with them this time and, and live your life to the full. I'm being told by Titan that it's also something she wants to tell me, that people who do commit suicide do reincarnate into a similar life, a similar role, that the one that they left. And this is for a very important reason, that if you do interrupt um, the, the plan of your life by taking your own life, and you don't learn to overcome those problems and, and become a better person from understanding how to overcome those issues, you will inevitably have to repeat them. And until you get it right, that is part of the whole dynamic of the consciousness of being able to, to, to move on in the spirit world to different realities and different dimensions. 
and I think yes, al- although um, you know suicide is a, a, a very sad thing to get involved with, not only for the person who does it, but also for the people who are left behind. Um, it's a really rather, I'm being told, almost a really rather futile thing to do because it doesn't end anything in the end. It just causes a lot of issues for the people left behind and for you who have to overcome these issues anyway. Again, I'm getting a very strong impression, um, and I don't know whether this is from Titan or maybe it's from the the person who was communicating about suicide, but um, it's, a, it's also a sense that um, how important it is for people to realize that um, when the human body becomes closed down and, and, and people become so, so depressed and so upset about their condition, or indeed if they are in a hopeless medical state where they feel that they need to end their lives, there is no condemnation about this. This is entirely your decision to make. And it's, uh, again, so important to realize that, um, you know, the effect on everyone and the effect on so many people of a suicide or a death um, is is something that cannot be understated. And there is a tremendous amount of um, thought creation involved when somebody creates uh, a suicide event because they are affecting many people's lives in a certain way and it'll affect their attitudes towards life but also their attitudes towards the person who has gone Um, and in a way there is a positive side to that as well because that changed their life as well the person who hears the news their life has changed as much as the person who committed suicide who is no longer there is that sense that um to 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 be able to commit suicide is one thing but for people who have to live with that as as a family member or as a friend uh, and know what happened um it has changed them too and and that may also be part of a predetermined plan and lastly i'm getting again a very strong impression uh, that that i should talk about um, dealing with young people or dealing with people in general who are mentally ill and who feel that urge to commit suicide or to harm themselves. Um, and it's also it's a very strong message to us who are living and, and what we should be doing to help people and to encourage people to, to get better and how to help people get help and how to encourage people to overcome the feelings of stress and illness that they obviously feel. And I think the entity that was in touch with me that had such a lot of stress in their life and had such strong feelings of anxiety and sadness, but this inability to be able to talk to anyone about it, to communicate it properly, the feeling of shame that was left in their minds that it felt that there was nobody who would understand them. Again, I'm being told, yes, this is something that we've all got to learn. And in this particular case, with this particular particular entity, um, his final decision to finally end his life was also a message to the the people around him to help them understand the importance of taking the time to ask questions, to seek out 
the small signs in people who are not well and ask these questions. Is there anything that I can do? Do you want to tell me anything about it? I suppose it's almost too late once it's happened. And often we miss the signs, but maybe the signs are there. And maybe the signs were there with this particular individual, but we just didn't see it or we were all too busy with our own lives. Uh, and yes, uh, I'm also getting the feeling that sometimes people who are in a, a psychological state like that um, can very easily cover it up and hide it. And it can be very, very hard um, to see the signs. But uh, I think it's a tremendous sense of love that I'm getting through again. It's all down to loving each other and helping each other and, and understanding that nothing is perfect and trying to, so to, to seek out those people who do need our help. And, you know, maybe um, getting involved in organizations such as the Samaritans that do help people who feel very close to committing suicide because they have such despair. There's so many organizations that are there. And maybe the message to you also, Brian, is that if, um, if, if it would help, or, or maybe you'd, you've done it already, if you would get involved with such an organization in order to help other people and maybe change their life story and enable them to continue a, a happy life and overcome these immediate feelings, these impulsive feelings that caused a person to want to end their life suddenly. So there is a lot of positive stuff, I think, that is what is being said to me. There is such also such positive love involved in the taking of a life in terms of the, the lessons and the instruction that can be passed on to those who are left behind and how they can help other people deal with it in the future. So that's really it. Um, so this was the, the first episode um, that I've actually taken questions. I've really enjoyed it and I, I really won't know whether that makes any sense to, to Brian until he writes to me. Um, and for those of you who are listening, and I know from seeing um, the podcast statistics that there are tens of thousands of people uh, all over the world listening to this podcast or listening to the podcasts. And, you know, many of you downloading, many of you streaming, many of you people have had this information from other sources, which is such a nice feeling for me because... That's why I did this. I felt that it was really important to be able to pass on this information. Now, this information may not always come through the way you intended it to be, um, but it's there anyway. So please, I encourage you, if you have the time, please send me an email with that link down there. Ask me some questions, maybe some suggestions of things that you'd like to know a little bit more about in terms of uh, psychic uh, material or esoteria, whatever you want, and I'll do my very best um, to, to ask my spirit guides um, and to ask if anybody would like to come through and talk to me. So um, yes, that, that really is the end of that. Um, and for now, um, thank you very much for listening um, and have a wonderful week. <laughs>